Welcome listeners to Short Story Saturday on A Writer's Life. I'm your host, Heike Bohm, the author of the novel Secrets in the Shadows. Short Story Saturday is a weekly podcast where you get to hear stories from writers around the world on A Writer's Life. I love being read too. I'm recording on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Squamish Nation. Welcome listeners to Short Story Saturday on A Writer's Life. Today I'm thrilled to speak with and hear Debbie Bateman's story. Debbie Bateman is a graduate of SFU, the Writer's Studio, and a former teaching assistant in that program. Her work has appeared in Phoebe Quarterly and the Shy Anthology, published by the University of Alberta Press. Two of her stories will be included in You Look Good for Your Age, an anthology edited by Rona Altros, coming out from the University of Alberta Press in May 2021. An earlier version of the story she will read from today was published in issue 59 of Daycant. Debbie is currently querying publishers for her first short story collection and working on her second. Welcome, Debbie, to A Writer's Life for Short Story Saturday. Hi, Haiga. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Do you remember your first day of school? And what was that day like for you? Wow, that's a long time ago in a faraway place. Actually, small town Alberta in a town called Rocky Ford. We only lived there a couple of years, but uh, that's where I had my first day of school. And it was grade one because they didn't even have kindergarten. There were maybe 10 people in the whole class and grades one and two were combined and I remember my teacher being big and scary and strong and feeling really really shy and the title of your story is intimacy when David gets home from work two tall candles flicker in the dimmed light of their dining room and the table is set In the kitchen, steaks sizzle in a cast iron pan, mushrooms saute in garlic and butter. He joins Lynn at the stove, cupping her shoulder. He leans over her mushrooms, smells good, I'm starving. Five months and two weeks have passed since David vowed to stop putting them through the disappointment. The problem started two years earlier after her mother died, but Lynn has seemed warmer lately. They're seated before the night's offering, cucumber ribbons, a tender basil leaf on a perfectly sculpted tower of risotto, a proud steak. David reaches across the table and pats Lynn's hand. You've outdone yourself. Oh, this, she says, it's nothing. David slices the thick steak and takes his first taste. His lips rub in pleasure. Lynn likes to see the cleaned fork leaving his mouth. And the way he scoops creamy rice, the way he slowly swallows, it makes her feel like she's doing something for him. Since they'd met 30 years earlier at the college where they both still work, David has done all that he could for Lynn. The day her mother died, he'd wanted to be at her side. Her mother's brain had been gushing blood for days, 
She was in a coma, the result of a massive stroke, and nobody knew how long she might last. Lynn was holding a paper cup of black coffee when a strong beam of early morning sun tilted onto the glossy surface of the hospital linoleum. Twice, Lynn heard the most heart-rending moans, then her mother's body clenched and released. The paper cup slid from Lynn's hand, its hot brown liquid splashing her pants and steaming from the puddle it left on the floor. Until that moment, a day hadn't passed without them talking on the phone or in person. Lynn didn't feel a thing had really happened until she shared it with her mother. And then, all at once, the protective layers were stripped away and Lynn was left a raw piece of flesh like she had no skin. It hurt having anyone near. By the time that David and Lynn finished their main course, the candles had burned down. Afterwards, as dessert, they linger at the table, letting expensive chocolate melt in their mouths. Lynn's cheeks are hot from the wine when David leans across the table to kiss her. He tastes of fermented grapes and steak, garlic and chocolate. When he pauses to catch his breath, she pulls away. Go relax, she says. I'll take care of the dishes. From her place in front of the sink, she hears the crinkle of the newspaper, his nightly ritual. Maybe after the dishes, she can get him to stay in his comfortable chair. She'll join him close by. They can listen to music and talk. She wants to tell him she's unhappy as an instructor and would like to return to professional photography. She tabbed through her portfolio earlier that day. Purple onion and pink salmon on black marble, green tea steaming from a buttery cup. She'd been looking for examples of tabletop photography to share with her class. But the shots were so old, they no longer felt like hers. She brings him a glass of port. The tawny liquid glows under his reading lamp. Her unspoken desires threaten to spill. She's ready to make a change, pull back to what really interests her, discover who she is. An excitement builds inside her, a readiness she hasn't felt in a long time, growing with each second of delay. She welcomes the release. When he looks up from this paper, his eyes cling to the curve of her breast. Perfect, he says, just what I wanted. He watches her leave, the sureness of her steps, the heaviness of her shoulders. Moments later, she calls from the kitchen. I'll be finished soon. He takes that as hopeful. The kiss at the dinner table was open, he thinks, before she pulled away. It seemed like she might not mind. She licked her lips and her frown softened. He steps lightly towards her long back. Most of the dishes have been cleaned and stacked on the drying rack. His lips press the sensitive spot behind her ear. Couldn't wait, he says. A giggle spurts from her mouth. The tap turns off. The greasy pan sinks into the soapy water. He reaches for her hips, his thumbs hooking her waist. She does not resist when he turns her to face him. Out of the twist knot that keeps her abundance of hair under control, an auburn curl has escaped. It plays at the side of her face, a reminder of lighter-hearted days when he'd tug her away from the sink and she'd pretend to resist and it would increase their mutual pleasure. With wide hands, he holds onto his wife. He presses closer, no longer able to control his pace, blaming himself for what happens next. 
She clings to his back, which might have been good, except her hands are fierce, the only living part of her flesh, and her mouth freezes under the insistence of his. As a single woman, Lynn lived in the basement of her childhood home. Her mother had it renovated for that purpose, and Lynn had paid rent. This is perfect, her mother used to say. We have separate lives, but can see each other anytime we want. If you live somewhere else, we'd have to drive. It was true, they each had their own entrance, but the adjoining door was never locked. Several times a week, her mother showed up unannounced, lasagna or tuna casserole in hand. Lynn never learned how to turn her away, even if she was in the middle of something, like the time she was shooting coffee bean shadows on her glossy white table. She'd spent half an hour setting up the lights, had only taken a couple test shots when her mother plunked a freshly baked apple pie onto the table, scattering the coffee beans. With both hands, Lynn pushed her mother out of the way. God, Mom, you've ruined the shot. Do you have any idea how long it took me to set that up? Her mother's face collapsed. Fine, then. She gathered her sweater at her chest, looking sideways at Lynn, like she was afraid Lynn might push her again. I'll take my pie back upstairs. Leaning over the sink with David's lips pressed to hers, Lynn knows she is not welcoming, and she knows David will not endure her absence long. She smooches him back, lets a low moan fill her throat, remembers when that sound only announced their most intimate moments. She feels his fat tongue in her mouth, his hot breath on her neck. A murmur reaches her ear. Shall we go upstairs? That would be nice. Let me finish here first. I'll only be a minute. After the dishes, she scrubs the sink and sweeps the floor. By the time she arrives in their bedroom and changes into her pajamas, David is propped against a stack of pillows reading. She slips between the sheets. He sets aside his book, and she feels his warmth when he rolls towards her. Tugging her pajama bottoms off, he says, I don't think you'll be needing these. He unbuttons her top. She feels the silk glide off her shoulders. He nestles her breasts. When the tip of his head meets the crook of her neck, the deep ache in her chest goes away. And she tells herself this is how she will move on. But when he raises his head and meets her face, the pain returns heavier than before. And she looks away. It's happened so often he no longer rushes to kindness. The yearning and the failure the water that wells from her eyes and wets her cheeks. He doesn't recognize the man who emerges. With straight arms, he hovers over her, looking down on her misery. He shakes his head. Oh, God, he says. Can't it ever be the two of us anymore? This is making me crazy. David had always thought Lynn relied on her mother too much. He claimed their relationship wasn't healthy. He'd openly quarreled with her mother over Lynn. The worst time was when Gourmet called and asked her to do a cover. Lynn had only been teaching at the college a few months. The three of them were standing at the front door when the opinions started flying. They'd just shared a nice meal, and Lynn's mom was getting ready to go home. Susan, you don't understand. Although she told David when he'd married her daughter that he should start calling her mom, David had never felt comfortable doing that. 
Teaching is a demanding profession, especially at the beginning. She'll wear herself down if she takes on outside projects. Her mother stuck out her jaw. It's gourmet we're talking about. Don't you know how important this is? Lynn was right there, yet neither of them thought to include her. In the clash of their opinions, she could not grasp how she felt. And later, when things went wrong, her mother said David had been right all along. Lynn showed up early to the Saturday morning shoot, exhausted from marking assignments the night before. Although the food stylist set up excellent opportunities, Lynn did not catch a single one. The magazine declined to use any of her photographs and paid a kill fee instead. David throws back the comforter and removes himself from their bed when he gets no answer for why she is making him crazy. Unclothed, he stands on the carpet, his hairy legs and his big-toed feet, the tender mouth on his hardened face. All I need is a little affection, he says. Is that too much to ask? Lynn's sigh is more a shudder as she hauls herself up against the headboard. She wants to stop resisting. If she doesn't let him know how important he is to her, she will lose him. Yet her voice is unsure of itself. I can't control when the sadness comes, story. He makes no effort to cover himself. The way his arms hang loose at his sides, the way his fingers open, he is no longer holding on to anything, and it is her fault. What is it you want? Come on, tell me. She stares at the ceiling under the comforter, her fingernails pinch into the flesh of her thighs. He takes his housecoat from the chair and wraps it around himself. Don't tell me again it's your mother. We both know it's something more. Morning is seeping through the curtains when David hears his wife enter the guest room where he's been trying to sleep. He follows her naked body as she crosses the floor, draws back the covers, and gets into bed. He might have easily welcomed the touch of her lips on his neck, the silky warmth of her hair over his skin, the comfort that could be taken from her nakedness. It removes his own skin to push her away. This isn't something that can be fixed by sex, he says. The coffee Lynn made for him has turned cold by the time David comes down for breakfast. He sits in his usual spot. Saturday mornings, they like to sleep in, although never this late. Lynn freshens his coffee, then mixes pancake batter and adds a cluster of blueberries. She finds the stash of real maple syrup at the back of the pantry, shapes butter into a bowl, and places the offerings in front of him. He pushes his plate away. Don't give me any more of your food. I'm not hungry. Try a little. It might help you feel better. For the first time she can remember, Lynn takes in the man across the table, his strong jaw, his salt and pepper hair, the mysterious twist of his soft mouth. Memories she's neglected demand attention. The first time they met, the day they married, the other thoughts that cannot be boxed because they are too large, the years of ordinary life they shared. She is surprised when he raises his chin, reaches across the table, and squeezes her hand. I can't do this anymore, he says.
It hurts too much being near you. They pack the station wagon together. After they finish loading his stuff, they linger in the driveway. The bright glare off the snow makes Lynn's eyes water. David's jacket is open. He's wearing the thick gray sweater her mother knitted for him. Bristles coat his face. Without thinking, she kisses his cheek. He kisses hers. They share a final brief embrace before he gets into the station wagon and leaves. Alone in their house, Lynn takes in a slow breath once, twice, then again and again. She wraps her arms over her thin frame and holds herself close as she walks through the silent rooms. The potted daffodils on the antique table, the multicolored pens blooming from a pottery mug by the foam, the fading light skimming the surface of the countertop. All of the details are sharp and bright. She goes to their bedroom and pulls her camera from the closet. The thick strap over the back of her neck slackens as she raises the lens. That was Intimacy, read by Debbie Bateman. For more information on her, check the links below. And while you're at it, why not subscribe to A Writer's Life? And if you want more information about myself and my novel Secrets in the Shadows, visit my website at www.hygabome.ca. For a kinder world, take care of each other.